Welcome back to the podcast. This is uh, this is episode number five. Today is December nineteenth, so we're inching our way towards Christmas. So we got good vibes around here, and um, today we have our second official podcast guest live with us. And um, her name is Catherine Franzmeyer. She's a expert in the health and wellness field. Um, she does online health and wellness coaching. Deals, deals a lot with things like inflammation and, and, and diet stuff. So lots of cool stuff in those departments coming at you in this episode. We also talked about some meditation um, and how to kind of you know leverage self-development um, in general in this podcast episode. So you know it's something that we, we definitely dove into in depth. Um, it's almost an hour and a half long. So um, you know it flew by. It was a lot of fun and I, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Power of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mullen, um, and I'm kind of rapid firing here because I have a lot of guests coming on in the next month or two, um, which is super exciting. I'm getting off to a kind of a really fast start, which is overwhelming in terms of the content that I'm going to create, but um, super exciting because I'm going to get a lot of good value from a lot of different perspectives on all things health, wellness fitness, business, all those good things, personal development. Um, and it's a super exciting, exciting time to, uh, to be doing stuff like this. So, uh, I want to welcome, um, my second official guest, Catherine Franzmeyer. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and talking about, um, your expertise in the, in the health and wellness uh, industry, uh, specifically in terms of coaching. Um, and yeah, just tell us your, your story, how you got to where you are, um, you know, what you specifically work with and maybe a little bit about the clients you work with. Yeah. Um, thanks, Nick, first of all, for having me. This is yeah, uh, sure. super fun. I love this. Yeah. Uh, so I've only been coaching um, about three years. So um, my history is in the corporate world uh, and then I had moved overseas a few times. And it was when I was overseas that I started reading about kind of paleo diet, um, the primal, the primal diet. Uh, so actually let me back up and say, I am a healthy living coach. And, uh, so I got involved with really kind of experimenting on myself. I started following kind of the community and found that, um, my health just really, really improved. And I've always been into, you know, the latest diet and the healthy, you know, the, the, what's, you know, what the research on the different types of ways of eating, like all this, but this, this really worked for me because it was super intuitive. So, um, I just had more energy. I, I, you know, I just, everything that I had changed about my life really worked for me. So at the time that was, uh, I was thinking, well, I really want to share this with everybody. And so I set up a coaching, um, practice and just, just started coaching clients one-on-one. And, uh, my focus is really on getting people back to a simple, uh, intuitive lifestyle. So it's a diet, nutrition, um, exercise, sleep, stress. It's really kind of all the pillars that are really, really super important. And uh, just, and, and having um, what really worked for me and what I like to, when I work with clients, uh, it's just intuitively knowing how your body is feeling. Because oftentimes, you know, we, we follow, we follow schedules for eating and we don't really know if we're hungry so that we're just like biologically not really, um, following how our body feels, circadian and, and all that. So um, 
I find it exciting when I start working with somebody and we just kind of get them back to, I get my clients back to, uh, when are you hungry? When do you want to eat? Like, let's cut out the carbohydrates. Um, mm -hmm. Let's do more satiating foods, um, not overthinking, not overstressing. Uh, and really getting, this is, this is a big one, this is a big one for me, was getting out of the gym. So I still go to the gym, um, but it, it's more moving more, taking the stairs, uh, less chronic cardio, so I wasn't hungry all the time. Uh, just super intuitive with the, with the body. So I've created a couple of programs and mm -hmm. uh, I still like to coach one-on-one. -on -one. And since I've niched more into working with uh, clients that are pre-diabetic and type two diabetic, because I found I could really um, make an impact there with people's blood sugars and um, in some cases reversing, getting off the drugs. And so that's really my focus now. And it's something I'm really enjoying. Cool. So you work with people that when you say pre-diabetic, do you mean people that are kind of heading in that direction? Yes. Okay. Um, and so when you when you talk about getting people to do less cardio, that you know obviously cardio makes you hungrier, um, really starts your metabolism, um, which is a good thing. But is it? Can you go a little bit more in depth about why it's important to not overdo the cardio? Because I I used to be. I mean, I go to the gym at least every other day at this mm -hmm. point. And I used to go like seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And so I used to be um, more into like the whole bodybuilding culture thing. And when I would try to lean down very heavily, I would really get into a rut where um, I'm like, okay, I need to do 15 more minutes of cardio to get the next thing. Right. And then, and then I started to realize over time that all I'm really doing is just, depleting my my sources basically my resources and kind of especially really weighing down on my mental health too um and i'm sure that's something that you um that kind of gets you um into the point where you're where you're, where you're talking about this to, to your clients because i i did find a, a point in time when i was binge eating mm -hmm. while i was dieting because i i would i would I would try so hard. I would try so hard. I would try so hard and eat so healthy and do all this cardio and do all this cardio to get super lean. And then I would have a loophole in my head and then I would eat the first, I would eat the first, the first thing that was not ideal. And then the whole wave would come. Mm -hmm. And then at the and then an hour and a half later, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and saying like, what the did you do? Yep. You yep. piece of, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I want to hear like what your take is on that whole thing. Cause I think, I feel like they all like tie in together. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and that is actually, uh, it is multi-pronged because you just mentioned like the psychology behind it. Uh, I mean, I, I came from the generation that was, you know, eat as many grains as possible, work out as much as you possibly can. You got to burn that off because you had this thing. And so I would go to the gym. Um, often I'd go in the morning and I very, very early and I could work. And then afterwards I might, work out again um, because I felt like I just need to um, burn off the food I was eating for the day. Even though I was making good choices, I just psychologically, mm -hmm. I had guilt. Uh, I felt like if I didn't, like you said, the 15 minutes, if I didn't put in that extra time, if I missed a day, it was very psychologically um, difficult. And from all those years of, um, you know, 
hour-long spin classes, and uh, which I still I love spin. I, I Peloton, so I do like half an hour. Uh, but all those years of of that much exercise, you know, it wears you down. Wears it's like um, car brakes. You know, your your joints wear down. It's hard on the cartilage, and um, hungrier, um, absolutely. And and they research has found that people that do long sessions of cardio uh, are much unhealthier in the other areas of their life. So when, you know, putting a session in, you're like, you know what, okay, then I, now I'm going to just take the elevator. I'm going to park close to, you know, the, the storefront. Um, so they find that people that do really long, intense sessions tend to get lazier throughout the day. Right. They've already put the time in. So sure, yeah. I really, yeah. So what I emphasize with my clients is just moving all the time, uh, taking a walk after after a meal because that um, mitigates the insulin response. Just things like that, like little small things, um, and just not spending you know those those long grueling um, hours in the gym, which is very inflammatory. So I I work with clients a lot on um, with inflammation. I actually have my clients take a test mm -hmm. uh, to see like what your level of inflammation is and um, that goes with being in the gym that it's highly inflammatory in your body. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, just kind of, you know, I, I do my weight training, I do my spin, um, I swim, but I do it in moderation. I'm kinder to myself and I'm less hungry and I just feel like it's more balanced. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Over the last, I'd say over the last six months, I've made a massive shift in my paradigm in terms of how, I approach my self-development activities, not even just my fitness activities, uh, personally. Um, so, uh, every day pretty much I go for a mile run in the morning and that's it. That's it. Nice. It's a, it's a, not even like a fast run. It's like, um, eight, ten, maybe like a 10 minute mile, whatever, just to get myself going for the day. Right. And it works for me. Right. Some things are not going to work for some people that works for me because, um, that gets me ready for my self-development activities that I have in the morning, right? I'm kind of priming myself, getting myself moving, objects in motion, stay in motion, right? It's whatever, right? That's my little philosophy. Right. But, um, you know, I used to I used to be doing like hit cardio after my workouts and even mm -hmm. just doing it for five minutes where I do five intervals, my mm -hmm. body would be like, I would, number one, I'd be like dreading it during my workout. I would do it at the end of my workouts um, when I was trying to get like really shredded and really lean and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be going ham with it. And then some days, some days I would be going for like an hour walking in on an incline on the treadmill, which is fine. But, um, overall the fact that I was trying so hard to to increase the amount of calories I was burning was just really unhealthy for my body. It felt like at the time, yeah. or at least it feels like now, like as I look back, yes, you know, from being in another another perspective um and it, it's almost like people don't realize the fact that if you optimize how you treat your body all these things will fall into place already for you mm -hmm. right and that's something that i really realized like it's actually funny now i don't even count my calories really anymore i don't i don't do anything crazy and i feel the healthiest that i felt in my life mm -hmm. right yeah. because you know, I, I eat, I think I eat two big meals a day. I do a little bit of intermittent fasting um, till 12, usually noon. Um, and overall, stressing less about those things has ultimately let, 
allowed me to open the floodgates anyway. It's, it's super like crazy to think about if you're not, if you haven't experienced it, but it's like, once you experience that, it's almost like, wow, I, all that stuff I was like pushing myself to do that four hours of my day that I was taking up, like I didn't, it wasn't even like necessary. Right. right? Ultimately you want to feel good anyway. Right. Yeah. And most of the time it's just to, to feel and look good. It's not always used. It's not always to do a bodybuilding competition or some, or some stage thing like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like, you know, do less and achieve more if you mm-hmm. just stress less about it and you allow things to or play out for themselves. Um, so this is something I'm super, super interested in. Um, no, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a very intuitive approach and that's kind of what I'm trying to get people, um, get them dialed into. Uh, right. Like you mentioned, um, well, you know, it it is stressful because you put yourself, one puts themselves on a schedule. Like I've got to eat as soon as I get up and then I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat again. And it's like, I've got to eat, you know, that, that old wisdom of eating every, you know, few hours is just not good for your body. And uh, yeah, so you mentioned like um, compressing the, the, the window, the time of eating from, you know, right. So I, I'll have my first meal around 11 o'clock because that's when I'm naturally hungry. And then my, ideally my last meal would be, you know, be seven at the latest. So I'm yeah. compressing my eating window. And that's a game changer for me, for sure. Yeah, in terms of productivity, mm-hmm. eating takes up a lot of my time. It takes up a lot and, of time. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you one thing, like, since starting my business, I've like, before I started my business, I was very focused on fitness. Like that's like the highlight of my day, which is still is a highlight of my day, but I have a lot of things going on and I would be, you know, I'd be cooking food and then eating food. And then two hours later, I'd be done cleaning the dishes. <laughs> it's like, like what? So I've kind of struck, find a way to structure my day, my days so that you know, I have one big meal around, you know, 1 p.m. or 12 noon or whatever, and then I'll have, I'll eat again at like 6 p.m. and then be done at 7, and then I can kind of like not worry about it. Right. And, and like, not worrying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the same thing for, like you mentioned, you, you'll eat your second meal or what, or your last meal by seven. I've really been looking into more the, the importance of not eating too close to bed, mm-hmm. bedtime. Um, and, like, cause I mean, snacking and, and, and eating like right before bed is like, it's killer. It's, it's yeah, just like being on your phone it is. and in bed, mm-hmm. right? These are yeah. blue light glasses. These aren't even yeah. prescription glasses. Got mine. mine here somewhere, but yeah. Yeah. And so like these things are, you know, I think it's important to, for, for people that are watching this or listening to this to realize that, you know, not having any kind of idea of what you're doing like structure is one thing like you don't need to have a structure to your day if you don't want to but not being like self-aware of what you're doing to yourself or what you're what you are consuming or how you're consuming those things that's like detrimental to number one your productivity number two how you feel about yourself right and so those and those ultimately dictate how well you perform um if you have certain goals, you know, if you, a lot of the, a lot of people that I've met over the last couple of years are in college. Cause I was just in college. I mean, this is a epidemic basically in college. I mean, coming from, coming from a, uh, a point of view where there's a lot of young people who have a very chaotic lifestyle. A lot of these things get sweeped under the rug before they even have their first thought in the morning. Yeah. Um, 
which is, you know, something that I've been really kind of becoming more aware of over the last year or so. Um, what is your, your take on sleep regimen? Oh gosh, I think sleep is the most important thing ever. I agree. Uh, sleep is getting a lot of, um, a lot of emphasis right now because people are starting to realize that it's, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that maxim of, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's just, you're going to be dead sooner. Stupid. You're not, yeah. You're going to be dead real quick yeah. if you, uh, yeah, exactly. Cause your body's you're going to feel dead at least. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, you want to feel good. And, um, so for example, I had a client come to me and she was, um, really concerned about how much sugar she's eating and carbohydrates and, um, she'd gained some weight. And so we, we talked about an hour about her, her diet and like kind of what's, you know, mostly like nutrition stuff. Um, but in the last five minutes, um, and this is a while back because I clued into this, that this is the question I need to ask upfront is how well do you sleep? I mean, so it turns out she sleeps two hours a night. And I said, of course, well, you know, if you sleep two hours a night, your hormones are different. You're going to be hungrier. You're going to store fat. Um, so sleep is so super important. And, um, I've recently, I'm not a big sleeper in person anyway. I pretty much get up at the same time every day, which I think is very important. People tend to want to catch up on their sleep over the weekends. And it's just it's yeah. kind of hard on your body. I mean, you're just, that, that rhythm should be still a rhythm. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, so, you know, I have a sleep tracker um, and, you know, I'm always excited in the morning when I wake up, <clears throat> like, what's my score? I have um, that right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so sleep I cycle, I have that app. I have sleep tracker. And I think my next big purchase is going to be the Aura Ring because it's no EMF. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so no, I think, sleep, you know, I, I really, uh, I make it a <clears throat> sanctuary. It's dark, it's cold. Um, I bought a gravity mm -hmm. blanket um, and I sleep great. I wake up, I'm, I'm mentally sharp. I get up at 5.30 in the morning. Um, kind of my new thing to do my writing is at 5.30 in the morning. Otherwise I don't get it done later in the day because my mind has, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my head. Um, and when I do that, I'm, I'm a healthy, happy human and that can give and be of service to more people that I've got, right. you know, it's just super important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Everything these things, behind that. yeah. The, mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like all these things, come full circle they do. if you don't sleep enough you're gonna eat crappy or you're gonna your hormones are gonna be out of whack mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're gonna mm -hmm. not be able to have good habits during the day right and right. people realize people wonder why oh i can't change my habits so oh, i can't i can't do x y and z mm -hmm. you haven't even you haven't even given yourself priorities in terms of your health and wellness right. and so if you're not treating you if you're not treating your body and your mind the way it should be treated how are you, how are you even going to expect to be productive or, right. or mm -hmm. expect your relationships mm -hmm. with other people and, and yeah. all those things to be healthy? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense if, if you don't start with yourself. It's true. Um, yeah. And so what is the, you said you, you your, your uh, sanctuary is cold. What's that all about? Well, you know, I, I get it down. Um, I realize that, you know, there's kind of an optimal um, temperature between 69 and 73 for sleeping. Mm. So I keep it around 72. Um, and as soon as I get up in the morning and it's five 30 and dark, I turn on the, turn up the heat, but, um, yeah, just keeping it nice and cold. Um, our bodies like to be in more of a chilled, um, environment when you're, when you're hot, you know, you toss and turn a lot and, um, it's, you just don't sleep as well, but you're, you know, and then, uh, so having a cold, dark sanctuary is super important. Hmm. I, I, I wouldn't personally say that 72 is cold, but, or chill. <laughs> 
I was like, I thought you were going to say like 60 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, 72, 72 is like my temperature. Um, like my perfect day temperature or my perfect environment temperature, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you, going back to your, your clients that you work with, you, you, when we were talking on the phone the first time we, we discussed this, you went into depth on some things that you have your clients do that were pretty interesting, at least from what I've heard or, or what, or what, uh, the context that I had in that short conversation. Can you go a little more in depth uh, into that to see if, you know, maybe anyone that's listening, um, would be interested in kind of, uh, enrolling enrolling themselves in something like this yeah i mean i think what's been a game changer for my clients uh is something that i've i now offer as part of my my service offering and that is um testing for inflammation so mm. inflammation right. really is the root of everything it's it, everything comes from you know how inflamed is your body do you have chronic inflammation um acute inflammation is obviously obviously very important because you know it's how our body repairs but when I, when I start working with somebody and determine the inflammation level, I can really dial in their nutrition much better. So we test for um, omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, which is really the only true test for how, um, if you have chronic inflammation, it gives you a, a true number. What's the ratio? Um, well, ideally, our ancestors would have been one-to-one, omega-6 to omega-3. Um, ideally, to be in balance without being inflamed um, would be a three-to-one, omega-6 to three, would be three to one. Um, most Americans are 25 to one. So mega six would be 25, mega three would be one. So uh, what I try to, what I explain to people with inflammation and why it's so important to know the omega six to three is your omega six is really the, the um, uh, in the car it would be like the accelerator and the omega three is like the, um, that shuts it off and that would be the brake. When you've got a 25 to one, your body's just like constantly fighting, fighting, fighting. It's like fires all through your body. Uh, so that's why you want to have a pretty, you know, be more in balance. So anyway, so I start with that and then I can look at their, um, from that kind of look at the diet. Um, you know, how's the fatty acid profile looking? Um, just kind of, you know, just working through how, you know, what's, what, what's somebody's, what are their habits? What are their, what do they want to change? What are their goals? Um, where are they here? Where do they want to be over here? And just getting them from here to here. Uh, so that's that's pretty much what I do. It's it's fairly simple, but I you know they're accountable and mm. they see results and they feel great and you know that's what coaches that's what coaching is all really? about accountability. I've got I've got three coaches. Yeah. Yeah, so me I, too. I, me too. Yeah. I literally have three too. Yeah. Yeah. Coaches. Really. And for sure. And all my, all my digital mentors that I, that I call my mentors. I know. Um, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, here, I'm, I'm curious. So for those that are watching slash listening, can we do a quick audit on me? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. What do I, what, all right. So like, I don't, I don't know how this process works, but like, just like a quick, like audit on like my habits and my, what I'm eating and stuff. So can you do like a little rundown with me? Let's do this. Yeah. So let's start with your typical day. Tell me about your day. Um, when you wake up, all the way to the time you go to bed, what do you do? All right, yeah. I think, what do you yeah, do? I'm going to get, hold on, I'm going to get my notepad out. Yeah. Because I want to, this is important. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, seven, I usually wake up around 7 a.m. Um, one thing that I do struggle with is if I go out or like, I'm a, I'm a I DJ part-time a little bit. When I DJ, I, I 
won't go to bed till at least 2.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. which is kind of a struggle with me. And I have a problem with, even though I set my alarm to get up by 8, uh, <laughs> inevitably I, I have a hard time not sleeping in or getting up before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. So, but you typically I'll get up at 7. Um, 7 to 8 is my, my time period where I um, go on my one-mile run or my walk, whatever it depends. Um, or, uh, well then, yeah, that, and then I do, um, my morning journaling, my morning affirmations, um, and it's, and then, um, sometimes I do a little five minute meditation in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's my first hour, hour to an hour and a half. Um, then it, since I was in college, it depends on the day, but, um, on a day when I work out, uh, at the gym, mm-hmm. like actually like lifting weights, um, I will go from like eight to 10 mm-hmm. or something like that. And then I will either that or I'll read in the morning, right? My book. And then let's see, since I'll, 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 I'll use classes as an example. Cause that's, that was my lifestyle up until this point. Um, I would have classes anywhere between 10 AM to 4 30. In between, I would eat and get some work done with my business or some uh, BS classwork that I didn't want to do. Um, uh, do you want to know what I eat? Yes, for sure. Okay. Balling on the budget at school was, um, I'll list off my groceries. Banana, bananas, apples, broccoli, mushrooms, um, peanut butter, peanuts, um, shredded cheese, Chicken, eggs, ground beef, steak, oatmeal, rice, spinach, different uh, peppers, like stuff like that. Um, And that is my diet. Fantastic. Right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, And so I can see a big difference between when I'm at my apartment at school and when I'm home. Cause I make the decisions on what I buy when I'm at the grocery store. I have uh-huh. a clear list. Like these are the, like the 12 things I can buy. Right. Um, so if I don't have bread or if I don't have some BS in my cabinet, then I can't eat it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. much easier for me to make that decision when I'm buying the food. Cause I'm, cause I'm trying to make it cheaper. Mm-hmm. Right. Then if it's sitting in my cabinet, like I can eat it so easily. Yeah. And so I use like literally my snack is peanut butter out of a spoon. Like that's mm-hmm. my snack. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Right. And it's not even like a bad, like, yeah, like I've, I've, I've programmed my mind basically to like be totally content with these things. So that's one thing I'm pretty proud of. Yeah. Is there anything in there that you would say is a, is a no, no go? No, no. I mean, for people that, you know, are, have nut allergies, that's a different story, but no, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, and the key, I think the only thing I would add in there is to add in um, some good polyphenol from olive oil. I don't know if you cook avocado. I forgot avocado sometimes. Okay. So olive oil is very, very important. And cooking with that olive is oil. good. Um, olive oil and ghee, um, which is... What's um, that? And ghee is a clarified butter. So you're not getting the lactose from the, um, the regular like milk solids that are, that are in butter. Uh, it has this very high linoleic acid. It's just actually really good for you. But I cook, I cook my eggs in ghee. Um, mm-hmm. I take shots of olive oil every day. How do I um, smell ghee? Oh, G-H-E-E. Yeah. And you can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, I buy mine at Whole Foods. It's in the international 
um, area, but it's, mm. it's, it's good for you, you know? And yeah. so I, I, I even eat it with a spoon sometimes. Like, this is so good. Cause it's got Himalayan salt in it. And it's, yeah. Oh, is it like thick, like butter? Um, at room temperature, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's just clarified. Like, so it doesn't have that milky color, but it's just, it's clarified yeah. and it can be solid, but it's more clarified. So it's a really clean fat. It's a really important fat. So, you know, I'm just, I really emphasize once I get clients, um, get them to back down from carbohydrates and sugar, then I start adding in the, he the healthy fats. Because if you do both at the same time, you're, you're going to gain, gain weight. But really, fats are so important. Um, I, I, I do yeah. like 70% fat. I eat avocado, um, olive oil. Um, I eat nuts, a handful of nuts. I try not to go crazy on the nuts because I love almonds and such. But um, and just as much fat as possible. Coconut, um, MCT oil, medium chain triglycerides that I put in my coffee. Um, and just really, when, I, when I'm in balance, I'm not having, I'm having maybe 10% carbohydrate coming from... Um, seasonal fruits and vegetables and then uh you know the protein and then about almost uh 60 to 70 percent fats mm. so, um so anyway that's what i would suggest um with in your diet just making sure you get the avocado oil um you can cook with that or olive oil you can cook with that too okay. but you did mention something that was i think really um important because mm. your morning routine is really can be such a game changer for people. So I'm glad that you, you brought that up too. Yeah. My one thing I need to work on is getting up at the same exact time every single day. Mm -hmm. Circadian rhythm, all that good stuff. Like that is something I really want to hone in on. Like ever, ever since I really made it a priority to um, kind of structure my life and my day around yeah. self-development and, and a routine, mm -hmm. not a bad routine, but a good routine that serves me and honors my, honors my body and my mind. Like mm -hmm. I am able to click yeah yeah one thing i will say though is if i because i eat big meals so mm -hmm. i guess this is kind of inevitable but let's say i have a big meal with with um a bunch of rice eggs cheese and some steak or something like that mm -hmm. or with some broccoli whatever mm -hmm. i'll get i'll be like i'll be kind of out of commission for like an hour and i mean i'm eating really healthy but i kind of i'm trying to for my life or my day in a, in a way that kind of avoids my most important things in that hour period after I eat. Mm -hmm. So if I have like, like this, this podcast, I, I did not eat before this cause I'm sharp right now. Like I'm sharp. I didn't either. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. like uh, my, you know, like mm -hmm. mine's thing of like, so not right. like my things. What did I just say? Uh, Mark, like, what is it? I uh, said like mine's think alike. What? No, I think that's right. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, it's like minds. Great minds. I don't know. Great, great minds think alike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds even better. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm I'm still struggling with, um, because I've always struggled with with um, my distractions. Mm -hmm. You know this this thing. Even though this is a my greatest tool in the world, it's also mm -hmm. my greatest enemy, and. Um, like I always tell myself like, okay, like just don't like, I, I use this for a lot of things in my business, but it's like, okay, when, when you're doing this task, don't have it, but it's kind of, it's like, it's just like, it's like attached to, I, I use the analogy, like it's like an Iron Man and it's the thing in my, it's a thing that's in my chest, like, uh, uh, right. Uh -huh. And it's, it's like, it like my, 
my my blood runs through it and then runs through my heart and it's it's a part mm-hmm. of my it's part of me mm-hmm. right which mm-hmm. is like almost true it's like it's like that's kind of like becoming a part of us um but it's also i feel like fueling a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. um a lot of things like that a lot of stress when when you're when you're straight consuming things yeah um and so that's one thing that i need to really really myself um get better at um and then also my the, the night t- the nighttime thing i'll always have my time I, I i meditate for i try to meditate for at least a half hour a night wow um, yeah so i have this i have this whole night routine that i've kind of um set up for myself i have my daily journal mm-hmm. and so i have i write down the things that um you know my goals at the bottom and then before that i'll write out my daily goals in the morning mm-hmm. it's part of my morning routine then underneath that at night i'll write how my day went what i'm what i'm what i thought was really good what i, what I think that i did i kind of effed up on mm-hmm. um and like just generally like my thoughts in general, like if I, if I have any ideas at, in that moment, I'll write them down there. I'll write out my, my uh, short, mid and long-term goals in there, the bottom. Um, and then uh, I'll plan my day the next day. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I, the most way, the best way for me to do it is in my phone, but it's just a quick thing where I go and plan out, block out my day. And then I, and then I do meditation and I'm curious to hear your, 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 your uh, viewpoint on meditation. Um, Cause what I, I mean, for the last six months or so, or probably more like eight months, I've been using meditation at night solely for the purpose of getting me into a state where I start my visualization practice. Mm-hmm. And so I have certain goals that, I mean, a lot of people have goals, but I have certain goals written down where I take time every day to visualize an actual experience occurring where, um, my body, I actually feel like I'm in that situation. And so I talked about this on Tuesday in the other podcast, but I'm curious to hear what like, your thoughts on how this kind of th- ties into wellness um, and, and all those things, because I, I personally think that, you know, being able to control your emotions, have a high um, uh, emotional intelligence and um, control, it kind of, kind of stabilizes like, keep your emotions and keep your anxiety stable, especially as a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. That it, 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 things can get pretty, pretty intense. And so I feel like, especially for people like you and I, uh, those things can be super important. So I want to, I want to hear your, your take on that. Yeah. Uh, gosh, there's so many things I could speak to and everything that you just said. Um, but when you mentioned that you do this nightly routine and you write out your goals and you, um, you kind of assess how your day went, I think is so important. And mm-hmm. because it's, it's learning and it's also being compassionate with yourself. It's uh, yeah. okay, how did my day go? What would I do differently? I could beat myself up for like not getting that thing done or saying that thing to that person or like, I mean, just, just kind of just compassion, letting it go, but putting it on paper because it, it, you don't want to ignore a lot of things. You want to acknowledge them and put them somewhere. Get the devil and, out. Yeah. And I find when I don't do that, I, t- I try to journal a little bit at night, um, especially if I have a lot going on in my mind, but I'm mostly journal in the morning. But at night, because if I don't, and I've got a really hectic um, monkey brain going on, I'll wake up at two in the morning and I'll think and I'll think and I'll think. And right. it's not just some bad things, but your brain, um, your brain, when it, when it, it's been acknowledged 
that when those thoughts have been acknowledged and they've been put someplace, your brain can say, okay, you know, it's been acknowledged. I don't have to keep moving it around. It's, it's been put somewhere. So um, I think that, yeah, it's, it's the evening routine like that is, so, is as important as the morning routine. And um, I meditate in the morning. I'm not a great meditator, so I have a couple of apps that I use as guided because they kind of help me. I love Sam Harris. He does a morning meditation, and he's he's very uh, on the list. Yeah, Sam Harris. Yeah, he um, he. I mean, I, I can't really quote his biography, but he's an amazing, amazing. Um, he spent a lot of time in, in um, monasteries in Asia and such, but. But he, 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 he takes it from the standpoint of like kind of a science. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, but that's kind of the only way I can like just make myself sit down. And I do about 10 minutes at the most. Do you do, um, that's all do, I you do guided of, meditations? Yeah. So Sam Harris, is, he does guided. Um, yeah, just I have certain, you know, kind of a playlist of, you know, if, if there's a topic on meditation like forgiveness or um, something that I really feeling like I need for that day, um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go that route. But um, yeah, so I think meditation is, I mean, all, all the studies prove that it really, it, it impacts your brain in such an amazing, helpful way. Oh, yeah. It's just really, you know, yeah. brings your heart rate down um, and it just releases. Um, it's just good. So, yeah. One of the, um, one of the things that, I mean, I think it's, I think the way you meditate really depends on who you are and like what really works yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. Cause ultimately the, you, like you're doing it for a result at the end of the day, you're, you, you're doing it for a reason. It's not yeah. just because, you know, mm -hmm. wow, whatever it's, I mean, you're trying to get into a state that makes you feel good mm -hmm. and makes mm -hmm. you calm. Yeah. For I me, uh, like to do the, um, kind of the body scanning method. Yeah. Um, I usually fall asleep, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really visualize all parts of my body. If I'm, if I'm having a sore throat or something's aching, I'll have, I'll focus on that area and I'll try to take that away. Send um, energy to it. Yeah. Send energy, energy to it. I send energy down through my arms, through each finger, um, down through my legs, each toe. And I just kind of, yeah, I just can feel it. And then I, um, I just feel like neurologically I'm, I'm in harmony. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of the things that one of my friends who's actually doing some work for me mm -hmm. um, right now, um, he, he's been in a spot where like I can see me in him like a year uh -huh. ago. So he's like, if we talk about like our journey and personal development, like me, him and I, like we, 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 we agree on the fact that he's like a year behind me. Mm -hmm. We're the same age kind of, but like, the way, like the place that we're at, he's like one step behind me. So I've been kind of mentoring him um, in terms of self-development, kind of keeping him, him, him accountable because I think that's important too. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that he struggles with is um, the ability to just like sit in silence, yeah. right? That, that comes back to the phone thing, yeah. right? Yes. It's always, always feeling like you need to have music in your yeah. ears, yeah. always feeling like you have to have some kind of external stimuli um, numbing, whatever, dopamine. whatever, dopamine. yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, dopamine, yeah, filling the void that, that, mm -hmm. that is, that is, that is you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, one of the things that I've been playing with, and this is super interesting, mm -hmm. is meditating in silence. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about, like, how, like, you can, you can say meditation is kind of like, um, exercising your brain, exercising your, your concentration, or, um, whatever, whatever you might want to call it like that. I, I mean, I would, I would personally say that it seems like 
when you lose focus and then you bring it back, it's kind of like doing an exercise for your brain. It's like, it's like a muscle, a concentration muscle. And I'll tell you, I have a playlist that I use usually as my, like my music that I, that I'll usually do, but the difference between meditating to that and meditating in silence is like, it's so much harder to meditate in silence, especially Mm -hmm. getting into that state Mm -hmm. where it's because you don't have that external stimuli. Right. And it's like, okay, what do I do? Even though you know that you're, you should be fine. It's like, I'm not fine because I don't have, I'm missing something. Right. And that's why, I mean, anyone that's listening or even you, like I would at least, I would, I would uh, invite you to at least experiment with it because it's eye opening. Mm-hmm. Like being able to sit here and with nothing, no headphone, no, no head, like canceling headphones. Right. Yeah. With, with, with the sounds coming everywhere and just letting the sounds hit you. Yeah. It's like uh, totally changes your paradigm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I used to meditate in silence. I don't have a problem with it. Um, really? I didn't, I didn't grow up with cell phones. So, um, mm. I mean, I was alone mm. a lot. I was an only child. So we would take long road trips and I would just watch out the window and I would just sit in yeah. silence, watch things and I would absorb sounds. And um, that's one thing that Sam Harris talks about in his, in his um, guided meditations is you're not trying to block out stuff. You're just trying to right. vessel for when, when um, sounds come through mm-hmm. and acknowledging when you do lose your, um, your concentration or such that you acknowledge that thought and then it goes. But you're not trying to block out things. You're just mm-hmm. a vessel for things coming, coming through. It's an experience. You're, you're just experiencing yeah. mm-hmm. your reality. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, you're kind of changing your reality mm-hmm. based on how you perceive those things. Yeah. So that's what they call like judging those sounds, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. the difference yeah. between judging those sounds and just experiencing those sounds is like, a, it's totally different. Yeah. And that's hard for someone to, pers- or like to, uh, to fathom if they haven't truly been in a meditative state before. Right. You know what I'm saying? What's scary to be in your head? It's really sometimes tra- you know it's traumatic to be sitting there with your head. You know, it's like it's like oh my gosh, like the things that come through, and it's you know if you're not used to, um, if you're not really acknowledging the thoughts and letting them go, and you're gonna sit there and think them, and you're like it's, it could be like it can be strangely traumatic. Yeah, um, and that's one thing I you know I just try to make sure I go out to nature a lot, and I go um, I'll just go sit in nature and just listen. And yeah, own and, and nothing. It's just like just sitting and listening and smelling the air and um, you know I guess they call it for, forest bathing, but um, yeah, just kind of just it lowers cortisol. It it yeah. really it really just changes how your body physio- physiologically is um, feeling. That yeah, time. it's crazy yeah. because mm-hmm. you know we often think, and even me sometimes, like when I get in my head, we often feel like once your day started and it's going in, in a certain direction mm-hmm. like the the trend of the day mm-hmm. up that's the day right when in reality you don't even have to meditate to redirect that the trend right it's like i can just i can just get i can just be self-aware of oh mm-hmm. i'm kind of choosing to let this day be a negative experience yeah. and it's ultimately self-awareness that allows you to be like oh well that doesn't have to be the case mm-hmm. and then the way your thoughts and then you can just change your thoughts but it's ultimately, if you're not self-aware, then you don't have that tool handy, which is like, at that point, if you're not self-aware, then all you have is 
a note in your phone maybe that says, okay, meditate at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, well, then you're screwed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Which is why, I th yeah. They call it the, um, I believe it's called the choose again, choose again method. So, you know, you can have these thoughts and you're kind of heading yourself down a direction. And you can choose again in that moment to go down a different direction. Yeah. I remember when I, I had a lot of stress in my 20s and little signs of things like if the coffee maker timer didn't go off at the right time like oh my god this day this is you know this right. is or right so and then, and then then i would obviously manifest other things to be going along that, that path it's like no you, you choose again um, why this all happen to me yeah why or, is my life so shitty right or or yeah my day's gonna be like this because it's one thing to you know it, it, the structure and the control it's a control thing it's like i couldn't control that and something went awry so i bet the rest of my day is going to be that way because you know it's just, it's a way that you know sometimes your brain makes sense of or tries to categorize yeah. and people think manifestations bs but no. um it's i mean i mean your our lives speak for themselves i mean if you consistently do good and and intend good things and think good things um there's i mean there's no question about it if you're constantly putting out bad energy you're gonna get bad energy back you get bad energy everyone i mean you can look at yourself in the mirror ask yourself how the last year has gone and you can say okay well clearly i i either did good or bad like you know if you're you know you know if you think good or bad thoughts like it's it, you know that and then ask yourself how has this year gone or how is this week gone, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a, literally, if you want good things to happen, just be a good person. Mm -hmm. And just yeah. think good thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And just know that you're responsible for everything, right? Mm -hmm. the, the whole victim mentality, that's something that I used to struggle with a lot, actually. Well, I think we all have. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes how we're raised. And, um, you sure. know, I have a, a certain family member. And every time I talk to that family member, it's like, I can go down the spiral. I can be doing yeah. great until it's just something connects and I, I can spiral down and I have to really strengthen myself before I, I do interact with that person. But yeah, because I can be feeling empowered and great. And then that one can be that one trigger. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, all these things happened to me in the last few years and yeah. oh, wow. And, you know, and, and I think turning that around with when you do, when one does have bad experiences or, or challenging experiences, like the obstacles away, right. Um, to really just say like, say, I'm grateful for that because otherwise I wouldn't be growing. So, yeah. And yeah. I think taking self-responsibility for that, like, I've, I mean, I, I, I think everyone struggles with this, like having mm -hmm. that one person that really feels like they're yeah. sending bad energy. But in reality, like if, if they're sending us bad energy, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We might be approaching that situation saying, Oh, I hope this person doesn't act like a, like a tool or, or, or do all these, all these things that they normally, well, that's yeah. bad energy you're sending out to the universe. Yeah, that's true. Right? It goes I mean, both ways. That, that's very um, applicable to fears too. Like when we have certain fears, yeah. um, I mean, I had a certain fear that I, I didn't realize I really had from childhood. And so I would always do what I could to avoid that fear, but that fear, mm -hmm. but then I would actually manifest that thing happening because I'm, you know, thinking about that one thing I'm fearful of. Um, yeah. So it can be, you manifest good and bad and whatever, you know, is on your mind in your, you know, even in dreams, like, um, it can come, it comes to you. Yeah. Mm. Has this, um, has there been like a turning point for you where all of these things kind of started working for you and, 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 and as opposed to against you, like, do you have like, do you have like a certain 
port like part of your life where you started to realize like like that all like that the universe is going to work for me instead of against me mm -hmm. absolutely and um i mean i went through a pretty tough time a few years ago and i was definitely in victim mode because somebody did do something to me and uh i'm grateful for that experience because um now I can choose, like we were saying, we choose again. I can choose to have a really happy, good life. And um, so I just feel, yeah, I think, I think things fall into place by, again, like we're talking about these practices that we have in the evening and the mornings and our structure and, and just choosing to live that life that way. Mm -hmm. And it's, and not feeling like uh, I don't have control over my choices. Like, you know, I, I can choose exactly how I want this moment to be. So I think yeah. that was kind of a turning point for me, for sure. I can choose yeah. who I want to associate with. I could, you know, it's it's uh, just designing your life the way you want it. Yeah, I think this comes back to self-awareness and like just mm -hmm. taking responsibility for yourself. I used to have like, I used to personally have like some like anger issues, like specifically towards like some family members. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just based on, you know, a reactive state of, of being. Yeah. And like, once I fully internalized the fact that this is my own fault, mm -hmm. like my relationships have been so much better with like my mom, my sit, like everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's going back to the energy you, you put out into the world. Yeah. Like this, this alone is, a, is, a, is, a, is proof, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I send positive energy to that family member no question I'm going to get it back. Right. Yeah. Cause they feel that they, they, right. it, it's, it's their, it's their human nature to be like, Oh, I'm going to reciprocate that for that person because I feel right. good. Right. And then if we, if we think about that and we, and we apply that to every area of our lives, I feel like there's no, there's no such thing as uh, being a victim of, of life. Right. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's something uh, I say in the morning, um, it's part of a prayer that I just put out in the universe and I just say, um, I, I accept what comes my way today, not to judge it as right or wrong, good or bad, but to, um, to take that energy and to be able to, you know, do what I can with it and be the best person I can be around, around people I'm around. And, but not to, you know, it's just, um, I think it's also, um, something that helped for me, turning point you asked, um, losing expectations was a really big thing for me. And, um, you know, and that, that applied to actually a trip I took recently. Like I went into this, I took this big leap of faith to do something. Um, and I, I, I just lost the expectation of how it was going to go. So mm -hmm. it went amazing. Um, it could have, you know, I could have had really high expectations and then, you know, maybe, uh, things didn't live up to it or maybe my luggage would get lost or like then everything's horrible, but losing expectations on things and just accepting things as they come and as they are, um, has helped me a lot you, you know you can set up things to be the way they're supposed mm -hmm. to be and that's your expectation what does it does it go your go that way then sometimes it's it's a feeling you know of being in lack you know you're just like oh. yeah lack versus abundance yeah yeah do you ever do you ever find do you ever struggle with or because this happens i mean this is something i still struggle with mm -hmm. do you ever judge yourself based on like the things you have and haven't accomplished this week this month today um stuff like that because i throughout the day that's something that causes my most of my stress mm -hmm. and i'll be looking at my to-do list mm -hmm. and 
I'll be, you know, and it comes back to being on my phone, like subconsciously, like being on my phone, like, like, and then I'll realize like, why am I on my phone? And then I'll go through this loop, this, this thought loop of like, oh, well, you, you freaking uh, piece of crap. Like you, you, you know, you, yeah. you haven't, you, yeah. why are you not doing what you're supposed yeah. to be doing to reach your goal? And then all this, this whole, you know, and so is this something that you struggle with at all or you have struggled oh, with? Gosh, yes. That is probably the biggest struggle I have. It's, That's it's, probably my biggest struggle too. Gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, we it's have hard. goals and we have dreams and we have things we want to accomplish. That's why we're doing what we do because we love it. And, uh, but you're right. At the end of the day, I can beat myself up so badly. Like I didn't get that thing done and that was scheduled in and I should have spent like more time on that or, you know, at the end of the week, oh my God, the week's gone by. Like, I now try to, on Sundays, go back and celebrate what I did during the week. I make it a cel celebratory day because yes, I, um, I can be very hard on myself. Like I should be this further along this quarter. I should be, um, I mean, my, my biggest struggle for being a single business owner is uh, a solopreneur um, is just getting content out. Like I've got so much in my head and that's why I started the 5.30 in the morning thing. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should always be writing. I've got to get stuff out there. I want to help people in ways that, you know, I, I just, have to get out of my head and I should be just doing more content. So that's my biggest struggle is really yeah. um, getting the content out. <laughs> yeah. This, I feel like that's a good gateway. And before we get off here, I want to take a few minutes to talk about like some business stuff, because obviously we're both in business and, you know, obviously it's a, it's intense. Mm -hmm. Like it can be very intense. Mm -hmm. um, especially when those feelings of self judgment come up. So I feel like that's a lot of, that's a, that's like one common thing that a lot of business owners yeah. um, and, and people of, of expertise put on themselves um, because they have goals. I mean, like, and usually big goals. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of going back to the content thing you just brought up, what are some things that you do to um, kind of nurture your audience? Um, and, you know, if like, even if you are doing, I'm, I'm curious to hear like what you're doing in, in that realm. Um, you know, what kind of content you create, what kind of, you know, planning you do for like the message that you present to your audience, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what really helped me was just getting things into like a social media calendar. And that includes like newsletter, blog, and then social media. Um, and built and, and having that at least scheduled at certain times in the week. Um, and just, you know, communicating with my audience as much as I possibly can and just being really involved with um, other people, what they're doing. So, um, yeah, it was just, um, I should be writing a newsletter more often. And, um, but I, I really have to schedule this stuff in uh, to make sure I am getting, you know, I am touching all these different um, aspects of how I can reach people. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like, I'm curious here if you like if you prep content before because one thing that I feel like is super important is being in flow state when you're creating this content. And I, I touched on this last the last episode as well. Um, like right now, I'm I'm pr I'm pretty much in flow state. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm just like spitting the shit. I'm just doing my thing, right? And like if I can be in a flow state at all times, I can just I can just blah. Yeah. It's just da -da 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 -da, or I'm speaking. I can just speak on my mind, right? I'm yeah. all, I'm all, I got energy flowing. It's kind of, it's, it's working for me, not against me. Right. Versus mm -hmm. 
if I'm here and I'm trying to force myself to do something at the same time, I have this thing in my back of my head. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you didn't do like, why are you not doing this? And then you have a list, I have a list over here and I'm like, oh, I still have to do these things. Right. And yeah. like, for example, like one of my clients right now, we're working on a project for his um, digital ad campaigns and for his, for his funnel, he has to have, he has to have videos created. So yeah. he has to create some videos. And mm -hmm. so we're like two weeks behind or whatever. And it's not, it's not the end of the world, but like, and, and, and we're just, comp we're just talking about this the other day and we're like, yeah, like it's really a struggle to be able to create something that really hits home to the audience if you're not in flow state. Right. And so, I mean, he has like eight videos he has to do for this funnel. Right. And, and, you know, I appreciate his, his self-awareness that he needs to be in that flow state. Right. And, and I, I totally support that because at the end of the day, the whole goal of the, of the, of the project is to reach the audience in a, in a way that um, redirects their desires to, to, to him and yeah. really convert those people and, and really get him the results that we need to get him. And um, I just think that that's one thing that's hard with, with scheduling things. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one thing that also pulls me out of my, my, my time blocking of, of the day. If mm -hmm. I have something to do and I feel the energy to do this other thing, yeah. I'll, I'll find yeah. myself doing the other thing and I'm doing it. And then even though I did really well with that one thing, I look back and I'm like, Oh shit, I was supposed to do that thing. And like, it's this whole thing that I think is a balance. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything that you do to like get into flow state to create content or like, or, and also okay. like, do you like, what kind of content do you do? Do you create? Well, I, I create whatever comes to my mind. Um, I've been like known that. to be on the treadmill. Um, there's a, a hit, class I think and I, I just I'll be on the treadmill and because because my brain isn't actively thinking about what I need to like write what's my next blog topic that I need mm -hmm. to write about so because I'm not thinking that and I'm on the treadmill I'll I get off the treadmill I run to the front desk I'm like paper and pen please and that's when all when my ideas come to me I just stop everything else and I at least mm -hmm. make sure that I can take it out of my head put it on paper I'm, I'm a pencil and paper person me too I, I sketch and I so um my ideas come to me when I'm just in ordinary life. Like um, I might be in the grocery store and someone asks me a question about um, chocolate content. I'm like, you know, I'm going to write a Journal. blog. Post. I'm like, yeah, you know, so it just kind of, I just, I guess just to stay open and receptive to um, mm -hmm. things to come in and not think of this is what I should be talking about. It's what uh, I think my audience, audience really wants. But it's like, what, what helped me for the day or what, what, what insight did I have for the day that I can share with people? So yeah, I definitely stop things and, and get it out of my head because uh, yeah, got to do it. Um, I find that though, when I have my five thirty morning um, writing time, um, it does force me to, even if I don't get much writing done, it does force me to like, you know, make an outline or just kind of think about this thing or sit there and think about the thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely have to get in the flow as a writer. Do you get a lot of content or ideas, like hunches in the morning, firing off? Yeah, I'm a morning Maybe person. Maybe too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I later in the day, I just know I can't, I, I just know myself to not write later in the day because my, my brain's already got like muddied <laughs> from, yeah. from the day. But the morning is always, I'm just spot on with my coffee and I'm happy. And I'm, Are you fasted? Yeah, I'm usually, I fast until about 11 o'clock. Yeah. So, um, with my coffee, um, I don't, I add maybe some MCT oil sometimes. Uh, I add some mushroom. Um, so I don't know if that really technically counts as fasting, but, um, I do add some mushroom powder. I think technically fasting, you can, 
I think technically speaking, you're not even allowed to have coffee. Probably. Well, I think you're going to have black coffee and you're not, because you're not going to hydrate to burn. So they say that even the black coffee is technically not fasting, Yeah. which I'm not, I'm not willing to break that, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not willing to not do that. But yeah, there's so much thought on, you know, what breaks the fast is true. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, but my brain is just firing then. And that's when I know to try to start, you know, something project or writing or, or something. Write it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know in the evening um, I'm done, you know, it's like, I, yeah. I am. Yeah. 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 The food, the food, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. what was that? I, I, I had a question I was going to ask. Um, do you, oh yeah. Do you have, so it sounds like you're doing some kind of content. Um, I'm assuming you create some kind of video content. Um, do you have a kind of a system that you have in place to first get someone to become aware of you um, and then nurturing them all the way down to the point where they, um, ha- you know, potentially become a client of yours? I've not done that through video. I've not done enough video. My business coach is like, you need to start doing more videos. Um, for sure. I mean, I Facebook lives for sure. And this other, um, part of my business where I do this, the service offering for testing for inflammation, uh, I have a team in Sweden. And so we're going to start doing like weekly, um, Facebook lives. So I think that's Mm. kind of going to start, um, just Mm -hmm. kind of generating the interest in this, um, you know, Mm -hmm. how inflammation is so important and what we can do to test and and mitigate. Yeah. I do need to be better about my videos for sure. Cause I like making them. They're really, they're fun. Um, but again, like I think I need to be in a flow for videos for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, that's one reason I'm um, doing this podcast is cause we're going to get video content from this mm-hmm. and automatically the conversation yeah. gets us into flow state. Yeah. So what's funny about this is not only will um, not only like we have, we have two separate points of view. Like I'm, I'm coming from more of a, marketing side at this point in the, in the episode, but a lot of this was you. So, and what you're doing is you're, you're displaying your expertise in the, in the field. Right. So all you gotta do is record it, boom, send you the clips. And then you have some, you have, you have authoritative video content where you're teaching this to somebody else. Yeah. And so if someone else, if if your audience sees that you're putting yourself in a place of authority already, Mm -hmm. but the cool thing is we're in flow state basically. Yeah, because we we're not like thinking, oh, what 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 do I got to do? I got to put a camera in front of my face, and then um, right. I hope I don't mumble and jumble. You know, it's just a conversation. Oh yes, I overthought you know? so many of my lives yeah. and um, Facebook lives. Um, mm-hmm. I had a social media coach, and there was a there was a there was an outline like follow it this way, and like really script it, and I just couldn't do it. Like it was, it was it need to be natural, and then I was. Uh, putting together together um, videos for Thinkific, my website, my membership site, and just you know, just when you're just talking to you know, having a conversation like I could talk to you all day about this stuff, right? But when you're just talking to really nobody and you're talking about like that modules uh, topic, it's it's yeah, you start overthinking. The thoughts, the starts, yeah. the thoughts start coming in. Yeah. Do I sound stupid? Do I? Is I my said, body um, is my body um, language um, right? Yeah. I said, um, like more than I wanted to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do it. I, I probably even did that here, but, um, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's like my gateway. I gotta stop doing yeah, that. Um, I know. I, I keep doing it. <laughs> I, I, I keep I, doing I, it. I looked at <laughs> my, 
a video I did the other, or no, I, I was doing a, I do a lot of, um, I do stories every day. Like I'll do a bunch of stories in a day. Um, stories are easy and nice They're and fun. easy. They're and, fun. Yeah. Look Georgia, what I'm cooking tonight. I do a lot of cooking ones and, um, you know, strange um, ingredients I find at the farmer's market. So I'm always doing stories. So that, that's kind of, that's my fun part. And On Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Instagram's, yeah. Instagram's yeah. cool. So the reason I asked that stuff was because a lot of, a lot of people that are trying to monetize their audiences struggle mm -hmm. with not only making video content or content in general, mm -hmm. because it, it, I mean, it's hard, especially it's hard. when you're just, when you try to do it by yourself, mm -hmm. um, time consuming, you don't know if the message is good, the, yeah. you know, you know, speaking yeah. correctly, trying to be articulate and trying to right. be assertive when you talk, yeah. um, you know, trying to be the authority figure so that people take you seriously, right? right? That's hard, mm -hmm. especially when you overthink a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that a lot of people, a lot of um, online entrepreneurs do is they, they, they kind of shotgun things. They, they get, they have the hunches, right? They'll write them down. They have all these cool ideas. They try to do them, but the, the, but they don't have a, a, a marketing process. Right to number one, understand that, okay, these things are not going to be, they're not going to be worth it if I don't have some kind of way of reaching out to more people yeah. or, or, or allowing more people to enter my, my pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, I call it a, a sales funnel, you know, sure. you know, whatever you want, right? Yeah. And then allowing them to engage with you further, maybe have some free kind of offer, right? Mm -hmm. And then having some kind of system where, you you turn those those people that now are engaging with you into clients right yep. and so if we neglect that whole thing it's just throwing content at a brick wall mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. yes. and that's like what 90% of people are doing and it's hurting them it's hurting them in their business yeah i'm curious to ask are you doing any do you have any kind of funnel set up do you have um you know, do you have some kind of system or some kind of process that uh, allows people to enter your pipeline? Are you doing any kind of um, advertising? Are you doing any of those things, or or do you have any plans on doing any of that? Or what what what's what's going on in that department? Yeah. So we're, we're I'm working on that with my business coach right now because I am the one throwing stuff at stuff. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I love so you know, and I and I have downloaded every single tech tool possible. I've gone through ClickFunnels. I love lead pages. Um, ClickFunnels is a shit. I, I know, but I, I just never use it. And I don't know why. Why not? I don't know because it, it's, it's I, powerful. It's powerful and it's important. And I know that because everybody, all the successful coaches that I know, the, uh, the people that I look up to, they all have really great sales funnels. It's very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, I love doing like, so I did a client challenge, a free challenge. So that was kind of a funnel. So a lead page, um, a week long challenge with uh, Facebook lives, um, action guides. And at the end really is to invite people onto into a um, discovery call. Mm -hmm. So my really that kind of call to action or that, that end piece is getting people to um, have a chat with me and then see if we could work together. Anyway, so so you offered a so you so you offered a free a free challenge, and then what was the process that what was the process once they entered the free challenge that got them? Yeah, you, so was it just you reaching out that mm -hmm. kind of thing? Well, right. So um, I set up a whole campaign uh, where um, yeah, I mean I I placed it on Facebook and Instagram, and it was like five uh, five days free challenge. Um, it was called Maximize Your Sugar, 
and this was during the holidays mm. last year. It's like, and you know, it's like, oh, maximize your sugar, but it's more how to um, really enjoy the holidays, um, find where sugar may be in other food just kind of it's actually like eliminating more sugar but still enjoying yourself anyway so i did a five-day challenge um action guide every day facebook um group and the end is really like um uh the last piece would be a webinar and then inviting people into a, a sales or a discovery call okay did this include some was this just all um organic traffic from your platforms and stuff like that yeah okay yeah, yeah i see what you're saying mm -hmm. yeah i mean just a matter of, you know, allowing yourself. Cause one, the one thing I actually talked about in, on, in the last episode was, um, allowing yourself to really allocate some money to mm -hmm. distributing your content. And the one reason why I think it's a BS answer when, when someone says, I don't have the money is because you're wasting money by doing manual things that are ultimately yep. wasting you money, right? Mm -hmm. Even if, even if you're spending money on BS things that you don't need, you know, that ultimately your goal is to grow your business. And so, um, it's really on that individual to realize that, okay, I really probably do have the resources most likely to, um, do something that's going to be a leverage point for me to reach more people. And then when we talk about the funnel or the, or the pipeline, like one of the biggest things in advert digital advertising is allowing yourself to distribute the content that you already post on your page. So let's talk about, you know, if let's say you have a video that you create, let's say I'll, I'll give you a, a clear cut example. I send you clips from this, from this podcast episode, you make a minute long video on Instagram, you put captions on it you know, how to blank. And then you have the words, the words playing underneath, right? Mm -hmm. While you're talking, while you're give, while you're displaying your expertise, giving mm -hmm. me value and everyone in, in, in the listener value, value, right? And then you take that video, the actual post that you posted on your Instagram page, you take that exact same post, you run that post on Facebook and Instagram as paid advertisements. Mm -hmm. But you're, but it's literally the same exact post. So if you get, if you get a hundred shares on that hundred shares on that post over a period of time, you can go back to your Instagram page and that post still has a hundred shares on the actual post. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So talk about, talk about the top of the pipeline. No kidding. Right. People yeah. struggle with people. I mean, we can, we can sit here and talk, you know, in these business conversations about how the number of followers does not matter. Right. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you have 2 million followers that are crap, that does, obviously it doesn't matter. Right. But if you have 500 quality followers and mm -hmm. you compare mm -hmm. yourself to someone who has 3,000 3, quality followers, right. the other person has the advantage. Yeah. It's just a matter of fact. There's way more people engaging with them. Right. So it is necessary to, um, at some point, start investing money into reaching more people that qualify as yeah. uh, your potential client. So right. let's say you work with people. Um, let's say you work with women between the ages of 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You can choose a location you want to advertise to um, whatever, whatever. Right. But it's a matter of like, if you have, a, if like if you were talking about the inflammation, pro the inflammation problem, right. And yeah. you make a minute long video, 
you're going to take that video, obviously show it to the people that already follow you. Maybe put it in your story, whatever, make sure everyone sees it. And then you take it and you grab it and you put it in front of people that don't know who you are yet. Brilliant. Right? Yeah. And then that is the top of your funnel. Mm-hmm. And imagine what that, imagine, like, let's say you have a thousand followers. Imagine if that becomes 5,000 followers. Even, even if, even if your page doesn't say 5,000 followers, that doesn't mean people aren't watching your stuff. If you're sure. consistently running paid advertisements in right. front of them. Right. Yeah. Right. Someone does yeah. not have to be following you to con- consistently consume sure. your paid, your paid right. content. Yeah. Right. So imagine if you expand the top of your funnel by five times, that's conservative too. Over a year, over a year or two years, imagine how many people will see your stuff if you invest $10 a day, $5 a day. Yeah. If you replace that $5 coffee and yeah. go get or cheaper coffee day. and do it at home yeah. and yeah. then invest $5 a day. Uh-huh. Or if you think about, you know, the fact that time is money, you yeah. reallocate that money to that five, that $5, you don't have to do so much, spend so much time on, on that. Maybe you got to freaking start doing some small thing to get some extra income so you can invest in, yeah. in, in this stuff. Right. It, it's on the table. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I've boosted, um, posts that I thought were, you know, um, salient for different, you know, reasons. And so that definitely helps. Um, Use the ad manager. Like, did you boost it on Instagram? Yeah. Go, yeah, do it in that Facebook backend. Way more stuff you could do. Yeah. I think it was boosting on Facebook too. Well, yeah, I meant, I meant um, the way you actually create that, to create mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. go into the backend of Facebook and the Facebook uh, business manager. Mm-hmm. Way more, way more um, things that you can do with it. Um, okay especially with actually running ads later on in the funnel. Cause that's a, that's a, that's step one, right? right? You do that. I mean, give you an idea. If, if, if you, if you created a video like that and run it, run it as a, as a paid advertisement, mm-hmm. let's say I go, let's say I'm a, one of your potential clients, right? Mm-hmm. I can go and watch that. And let's say I watch 95% of that video. You as the advertiser, can go and create an audience of people that watch 95% of that video. Yeah. And then you can run another advertisement to that group of people that already showed intent on your content. And then you can run those people to your funnel Yeah. to get them to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so now you, now you can like your eyes kind of lit up right there <laughs> and right. Because like it's powerful stuff. Like it's, it's a struggle to get people to understand what I'm trying to accomplish for this marketplace. It's, I mean, it's just, the, it's how, that's how this is. A lot of online coaches, online consultants, people that offer services online like this, like it's hard. It's hard. Why am I creating all this content and no one knows me? Why am I, I creating all this content and no one's no one's hitting me up? No one's going to my no one's going to my type form and doing all, it's because you haven't, you know, created a system that makes them first mm-hmm. first gives them massive value, right? And mm-hmm. then retargeting those specific individuals. You know? It's a lot of, it's a, it's crazy. When it's, I first got into this stuff, it I, I, my mind was starting to like expand. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely very overwhelming, and I think for you know creative mm-hmm. people, it's like you just want to be creative, 
and everyone's going to find yeah. you and everyone's going to love you. And you know, you don't need to do all the other. Let me boost this post. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then, and then the day, the day after you're like, why is no one going to my page? I know. Why I is know. no one going to my page? I know. <laughs> oh, it's the $10. Exactly. But That's, I I've, been, I've been there. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's but you know, it, it's true. It's like, you really have to invest, um, you can't be afraid to invest in your business. If you, if you are afraid to invest in your business, it's not going to grow. Um, when right. I first started out, um, I mean, I got, I got a Tony Robbins coach. I took a, uh, what was his name or her name? Uh, Jamie Adam check. Mm. I, I, I love Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was curious because one of my coaches right now, who's also <laughs> one of my clients, he, yeah. did some work with uh, Tony Robbins and his audience back in the, uh, a little while mm -hmm. ago. So I was, I thought it would be crazy if it was the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Small that would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I invested in a Tony Robbins coach, which, is, which isn't cheap. Um, and I took I a 10 K class uh, online course, which was about four months and told me everything that I was doing wrong and the things I didn't want to do. Um, so, you know, I, but I invested in that. It was, it was a stretch. It was like, okay, I'm going to invest in this and, um, spend 10,000 on this, this thing. And it was okay. I mean, it was, it was, I'm glad I did it. I don't, I didn't end up in the, um, where I wanted to end up thinking, you know, I'm going to start making 10,000 a month, you know, I mean, the kind of, you know, you get a lot of that, um, those promises from people are like, oh, you're going to start making 10,000 um, a month as a coach and you just need to learn how to do this, that, and the other. And anyway, so I've definitely spent money at least exploring the things that didn't work for me. If that mm. makes any sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I was actually um, asked to speak at an event as, um, <clears throat> as a health coach graduate from this institute. And it was, how did, how did I, how did I start my, how did I build a business from after, you know, after, taking my training and my coaching and, and I, I just was like, I don't feel like I've built a business um, because it's always growing. It's always changing. And it's an organic thing. So I went and I, I told the, the graduates, the, the mastermind or the masterclass graduates, like, don't do this. <laughs> like, it was more like, these are the things I did that totally didn't work for me. Um, mm -hmm. So it was more like the lessons learned, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely kind of spend the money and not feel badly about it if it doesn't work out the way that, you know, yeah. And also understanding that it might not bring the ROI in the first five right. days. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's, it, that's one big reason why people that try ads, like you would be flabbergasted by the amount of people that I have conversations with about this. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, yeah, we've tried Facebook ads and we've, you know, da da da. We, we, we run these ads and they didn't really do anything for our business. I said, how much you spent? Like, oh, $110. I'm like, well, like, yeah. you dabbled. Yeah, right. You you threw crap at the wall and mm -hmm. hoped it stuck. Right. You didn't look into the details on what makes that crap stick on the wall yeah. before you threw it. Yeah. You just grabbed a piece of crap and threw it. And they said, yeah, I did something. I got into action, but it wasn't, yeah. Right, yeah. And so, you know, number one, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a immediate ROI because it's an investment right? You don't, you don't invest in a stock or invest in a, in a property and make 200 grand the next, in the, the next week. It's just not how, how investments work usually, mm -hmm. unless it's very small. And like, it, you know, it's just, it flabbergasts me. And, and it's like, it's probably, I would say like 90% of people I talk to 
are like, yeah, we tried it. It doesn't work. Right. It's, it's like, no, yeah. like you didn't do a good job. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not, you can't just, you can't just put a, put an advertisement out or, or, or some kind of content out and, and, and pay for the, that kind of thing and, and, and show it to people on social media and, and, and hope that hope to God that they somehow see your, your video and, and what you do and then go on and click onto your, your funnel and then, and then, uh, you know, pull out their wallet and, and pull out $500 for you. Like, it's just like, right. really? Right? right. It's a nurturing process. It's a whole, it's a, it's a science. It's a, mm-hmm. you, you could call it art, you know, it's yeah. like, if I'm on social media, I'm not honored to buy anything from anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm on them to consume right. and to interact. Right. So you have to allow me to, to consume with paid content distribution. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. you're allowing them to consume. There's not even a, there's not even a, um, a call to action. There's no button to anywhere on the, on, on those first ones. Right. Because, you, because what's the nature of what I'm doing? I'm trying to just consume. I'm trying to be entertained. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to, I'm going to educate you on, on how you can improve this area of your life, but you can just consume it. I don't want anything, anything from you. If you, if it seriously impacts your, if it, if you really have, if you really feel it, if you, you really feel if you can, if you envision that something like this could impact your life, well, I'll see you. I'll see you in the funnel next time after the next campaign, after I retarget you. Right. You showed me intent. Like there will be no problem then. Right. You know, it's allowing them to come to you instead of you trying to grab from them it's it's a different paradigm yeah you know yeah it's hard to grasp though it is it is a science um we had somebody from facebook um in this course i was taking you know really talking about like how we were targeting our ads and um really thinking like you said creatively outside the box we're looking at Mm -hmm. our audience i mean does that person like to go to symphony or do they prefer ballet you know i mean just like really not just oh it's about health it's about wellness but kind of just really getting into the mind of that person do they like to travel do they travel for more for work or for pleasure like just really kind of getting very granular otherwise you're right it's it's not going to reach the people and it's like spamming out stuff um, that people may not care about. But if you're really mm-hmm. targeted and being really smart about it, um, yeah, you're going to reach people. Mm-hmm. Really understanding your niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understanding your niche because if you're, you know, a fitness coach and you just mm-hmm. say, I want to coach someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel that you don't know who you, you, that you're not the expert in, in that person's mm-hmm. area. Right. So if you, if you're, if you're willing to work with an 80 year old or a 13 year old or a, or a, you know, someone who has disability, it's like, okay, but like, I could probably go to someone who specializes in me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I was really defining my original kind of niche and who I wanted to serve, um, I mean, I cut out picture and named her Janet. So Janet was kind of somebody I knew at the gym, but I didn't really know her. She really wasn't a friend, but she's, she was my, that was my, um, ideal. And so I cut out pictures in magazines. I wrote her pain points, what's heaven, what's hell. Um, and I just try to get in the mind of, of Janet and look at Janet and think about Janet. And so, yeah, it's just really kind of just getting so specific. And mm-hmm. my best lesson was um, my first client um, was, we didn't even go through a discovery call. Um, and I knew this was just a really wrong fit, but I, you know, as a new coach, I'm like, yeah, sure. And so he paid me a large sum of money for a certain amount of sessions, which I don't normally do that. So I'm not a personal trainer, but, um, and it was the worst relationship. Right. 
you know, and it wasn't like either of us didn't do something right or it just, it just, and I offered to refund his money, you know, I'm like, you know, I just, I just don't think this is going to go well or we're not getting, you know, it just, it was just, I don't know. Um, but it's just being really clear on who you can serve, how you can help that type of person the best way you can. If you can't, you know, it's going to be a waste of time. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And it's not going to be filling. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we've been on here for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Crazy. It feels like it was like 20 minutes. I know. Good AKA fun. flow state. Flow state. You know I what know. I'm saying? We could, flow I'll state. Talking about I know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I really appreciate you coming on um, and giving – because I thought this was going to be one-dimensional, at least somewhat, and it turned out to be like four-dimensional, mm -hmm. which is always a good thing, because I think that yeah. anyone who, especially business owners, have a lot of experience with this stuff, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, hearing your perspective on, you know, really honoring yourself and, and allowing yourself to um, um, let the universe kind of uh, handle everything for you and, um, you know taking responsibility. I think that was a great perspective because I think a lot of people um, need to hear that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And one thing I told Jillian um, from last episode was I'm at a point right now where I'm going to be doing a lot of episodes, creating a lot of content because I don't have the leverage right now, like with the, with the podcast. And um, I want to have at least the first, the first five guests come back on, whenever uh it seems like a throwback mm -hmm. point in time and i think it would be it would be super fun to kind of play play some clips from the first one yeah in uh 2019 and the 2019 when we were just chopping it up and yeah and then uh kind of be like oh I remember that time when we did it and then have a little montage or something like that so yeah i think that'll be fun you know oh that would be really fun yeah so mm -hmm. yeah so we're, by the way we're gonna get some really good content out of this yeah. especially you. So I'll send you, I'll send you the stuff and, uh, you'll be able to cut that up or whatever. And, and, um, be like, Hey, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. And, and, um, you really certainly taught me a lot and reminded me of things that, um, are really valuable. So it's been a great, yeah. great yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, I hope to talk to you soon. All right. Let's do Okay, right. thank you so much. Yeah, for sure.